0: welcome to the between the dream podcast i'm your host richard taylor jr today is monday january 27th 2020 hope that you all have had a great weekend um So much to get to on today's podcast episode that obviously, I think, kind of altered and shifted many of our weekends. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that the Between the Dream podcast is brought to you by our sponsors at Fibersoul.com. Fibersoul is a one-stop shop for Christian streetwear that balances the latest styles and life-giving scripture. With Fibersoul, you've got apparel that can always speak life. And right now, you can get 15% off of your first order using code TAYLOR15 at Fibersoul.com. So today, uh, Monday, January 27th, man, has been a a day, and I think more than today, yesterday, kind of really kicked it off. So we had the unfortunate news of the passing of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and seven other people um, in a helicopter accident taking place in California yesterday. I know they had uh, some heavy fog, and man, just the news that I don't think any of us were expecting to hear And it rocked us to our core and it really shook us all together. And um, I did a lot of contemplating on what I wanted to do conversation wise today, not only for the podcast, but for those of you all that know, I I usually link the podcast up with whatever the conversation is for Mental Health Monday. And so today's Mental Health Monday, I talked about Kobe Bryant, um, but more than just Kobe, I talked about the news of Kobe Bryant um, and just tragic news in general, how we can help ourselves when it comes to self-care during this time. And there were three specific points that I really stuck to. The first was that it's okay for you to feel all of the feelings, um, have that time to do so. Um, The second point was being able to unplug and to uh, filter out what you needed to In those moments where things um, tend to kind of get a little overboard. Uh, I know I found myself just kind of scrolling for about two hours yesterday, just looking at all the love and memories. And then the third piece that I touched on was that when we talk about grief, grief is not a competition. Um, And I think that it's important for us to remember that it's no need to compete in sadness. It's no need to compete in sorrow. And it's definitely no need to compete. When it comes to grief, we are all feeling it right now. We talk about somebody who's had a major impact. Um, but today, I am not alone in this conversation. Today, we're going to take this podcast episode to not only uh, remember Kobe, but just kind of talk basketball, man. Uh, a lot of you all don't know, but I'm an avid sports fan, uh, Play ball. Uh, for a stint during grammar school and high school. And um, I still, you know, just kind of shoot around the day with my little Jay. And I think if you were like myself, many of us grew up in that era where, you know, we got a paper ball in school, we shoot that Jay up and shout out Kobe in the process, or maybe um, you were throwing something in the trash can, or maybe you were playing ball. You, you, you yelled that man's name um, as you released this shot. I'm not alone today in this conversation. Today, I have a very, very close friend of mine who um, shares uh, a heart in in the sport of basketball like I do. Uh, He also shares a heart in ministry like I do as well. Um, He is the high school director and pastor at Stanwood Foursquare Church in Stanwood, Washington. It is my brother, Caden Slicer. Caden is a very good friend of mine, like I said, Um, not just from the ministry space. I was blessed enough to be a part of him and his wife's Courtney's wedding last year. And Caden brings so much, man. The the guy is an amazing ball player. He's like my Jason Williams. Like the dude literally um, has game, you know, coming from the northern parts of of Washington State. I wasn't expecting that when I first got on the court with him. But, man, Caden, listen, thank you so much for joining the podcast today, man. I really appreciate
1: you for being here, bro. Of course. I'm honored to be here, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, I know I kind of briefly touched on, you know, the work that you're doing, but I I would love for you to just be able to go in depth a little more. I know you just started in this position at the church, man. And I'm grateful because we had, obviously, um, an almost two-year run where we got some time to share in ministry together, man. And I I loved it. And I miss you guys so much. But man, tell us about the great work that you're doing in the kingdom now, man, in the space that you're
1: in. Yeah, man. We're just we're just cracking away up here in Stanwood and you know it's a little bit different from the church that that we were at with you. Um, it's like a one high school town nice. a couple middle schoolers so we have this youth group of about 65-70 kids who are all interconnected through this high school and it's kind of a learning curve for me. Um, all the drama <laughs> is, is intertwined within all of these students but man there's 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 a power of God moving up here. And I really believe that a revival is, is happening in the community of Stanwood. And
0: I love it. We're just listening
1: it. to the Lord and moving forward with, with what he's calling us to do.
0: Hey Amen. that's awesome, bro. That's awesome. No, I'm I'm with you a hundred percent. God is definitely up to something, man. And I think <laughs> even in moments like this, you know, where we talk about somebody with the uh, level of impact of somebody like Kobe, um, man, uh, just to see so many pastors really trying to, uh, come around yesterday to to help bring light. And that's one of the reasons why I thought I, it would be great to have you on here. Obviously, we're going to talk some basketball. We're going to talk memories. Um, but man, just to be able to bring that hope. And, and, and I know it's not a lot that we need to say um, in these times, but I think at the same time, man, just to be able to see somebody walk out their God-given purpose and talent and really utilize everything to their you know, maximum potential. This man gave us 20 years of his uh, <laughs> of his life. Like, he literally played more years in the NBA than he lived, um, you know, prior to getting into the NBA. Right. He started at 17, right, when you think about that. And so, man, Kobe was a part of our childhood. Caden, uh, I know you follow a lot of basketball. Me and you go back and forth. I know you're a huge LeBron fan. But, man, <laughs> um, you know, he's a Laker. He's a Laker now, right? And Laker so he, he, he joins that legacy of of the greats that have have worn that purple and gold mm-hmm. being that kobe was a child of a part of our childhood man what did the what did kobe bryant as the ball player mean to you
1: i mean kobe was the the player in my generation even before lebron i was hooping and, and kobe was the name to to live by i mean you talked about throwing paper balls into the trash cans i remember (laughs) at basketball practice we'd be sitting at half court and we'd be like kobe yeah did a lot of them go in when we were that young no but Kobe, kobe was a movement after michael jordan and and a lot of players a lot of players that i played with from elementary school up to high school i mean they loved him
0: yeah, yeah, no, it's so good, so good. You, you, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I forgot to kind of throw that part in there. Most of them didn't go in when we did it, Yeah. but it was just the notion of being able to do it, right? Exactly. And, and so, for me, man, Kobe, you know, we talk about this man's legacy. I feel like he was the bridge between two generations. You know, you mentioned Mike, and so it's funny. Obviously, being a Chicago native for me, man, and being blessed enough to actually go to Bulls games and see Michael Jordan play in person, and to kind of have that nostalgic experience um, and then to have Kobe come fresh out of high school and hit really just kind of hold down the, the 2000 era, you know what I mean? Um, right. Up until LeBron really kind of growing into his own, man, like that was that was something that I thought was so interesting just to see, you know, when we have this conversation and I know you and I have gone back and forth on who the GOAT is, right, the greatest of all time. <laughs> And people, people talk about LeBron James, um, and they'll talk about Michael Jordan. But, and, and let me know if you feel the same way. I feel like sometimes folks forget or they don't always bring up Kobe Bryant. Absolutely. It, 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 if you could dive, why do you think this is? Like, what is it about Kobe? Like, the dude had five rings, two finals MVPs. Like, he had the numbers. What was <laughs> it? Their
1: MVP, the 18 all-star appearances. I mean. Right? I don't, I don't really know why he gets shadowed. Honestly, I go back and forth with my buddy Sterling, who's an avid Kobe fan, and he'll yeah. say Kobe's the goat till the day he dies. But, <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I can't really tell you why he's gotten overshadowed. I mean, LeBron and Michael were just so dominant that you look at them and you're like, they're the goat. But Kobe had a more finesse game of of just being able to pick people apart and destroy them. But it never got looked at as the goat necessarily until a few years ago.
0: Yeah, man, I'm with you there. One of the things that I think about with this is that with him being like the bridge between two generations, um, I think, you know, when you usually look at a bridge, a bridge separates two cities, right? It separates two towns. And I'm like, I think a lot of times people don't necessarily pay attention to that. Like, you know, the towns itself are huge, but the actual thing that is allowing you to connect from one space to the other, I think sometimes is what really matters, man. You know, when we talk about this context, like LeBron is great, man. I will take nothing away from his game, you know, but Kobe definitely holds, you know, a better finals record. You know, he, he holds more, <laughs> he holds more titles. You know, man, LeBron just, um, what, he just, just was Saturday, you know, he, he passed Kobe for third, third on the all-time scoring list. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So he's he's just now really getting into the spaces to like hit a lot of those stats, man. And so it's been interesting to see. um, But I definitely think that he deserves to be in that conversation for a few reasons that I'm going to dive into in a little bit. Man, I want to switch gears real quick and just get your thoughts on this. So there has been an outpour of love like I have rarely seen um, for somebody like him via social media, via the news outlets. Most of the sports shows that came on today, they uh man, they they talked Kobe for three hours straight. They yeah. had different guests on, you've seen tears. Um, and and the three things that really stick out to me when I see this were respect, admiration, and love. Mm-hmm. And uh Caden, what what's, what's been your takeaway, bro? Um since you 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 you've seen it, what has been your takeaway when it comes to the the impact that he's left on the lives of not just people here who are fans man but just folks who knew him in general like as Kobe Bean Bryant like what has been your takeaway from seeing this
1: I think the thing that I've been noticing is that whenever people are talking about him they're talking about about him as like big brother little brother like Michael Jordan said he was like a little brother to me and Shaq saying he was family to me and Tracy McGrady even was saying he's family to me and I think Kobe as intense and driven as he was on the court when he was off the court I think he was a family man and he was a friend to all of the people that he was playing with and not playing with I think he was just a he was a good guy
0: yeah most definitely man I, I I definitely see that I feel like I'm seeing that more now too like Kobe going into retirement phase <laughs> you know what I mean like when he hit that retirement Piece, I feel like we got a chance to see it at a greater level, you know. Yeah,
1: he took he took what that year off kind of chilled for a bit. But then he started developing younger players like Giannis and Trey Young and and all of these guys. And he started pouring back into the game of basketball after a little bit of retirement,
0: which I think is really interesting because the Kobe that we know. And so going back to that question that I asked you about why. Kobe possibly gets overlooked or maybe snubbed in that whole goat conversation. Um man, one of the things that that Kobe was known for on the court which I think might even surprise some people to the level of heart as a mentor that he carried at at, at the retirement phase and as he got older was the fact that as much as people respected, admired, and loved him in the craft aspect, and I'm talking like players now on the court, um, man, they couldn't stand him because a lot of people said the same thing. Kobe had that killer instinct on the court. And and it was to a degree to where I knew him and T-Mac were very close. But man, like the friends that he had, when it was time to play ball for 48 minutes, he did not look at you as a friend.
1: <laughs> no. no, it was either you're giving 100% as a teammate or you can sit on the bench or I'm playing against you right now, so I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> yo, and so what, is that, yo,
0: what does that say to you, though, right, when we talk about this whole mamba mentality thing, right, like the idea of the black mamba being one of the most venomous snakes in all of the world and just it will attack without any given like warning or anything and that's kind of how he played that's how he was driven like what does that say to you about the mentality when it's like you know man this guy was able to he was able to still keep friends but yo like he was he was disliked highly for a long period of time (laughs) on the court
1: (laughs) I think it just showed his drive to win it showed how badly he wanted to win that when he stepped on the court Whenever he was playing a game, that he just wanted to win, and he wanted to be the best, and he wanted to to win championships. And I yeah. think we'll have a respect for him because he can walk into a game like that and play a game like that. But then off the court, he becomes a human being again, and he's like, "No, I love you, and I appreciate you." Uh, but when we're on the court, man, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> no love lost. But you, yeah. you know, I,
0: I got to dominate in this space for for the he next forty. He balanced right? it
1: though. He balanced it. And- he did. I mean, you hear all the stories about him in practice, like just who who was the guy that he was trolling in practice when he was still with the Lakers. Swaggy oh, yeah,
0: kid. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and if, if these guys weren't playing 100% even in practice, you could get on him because he wanted to win so bad.
0: You know, I think that speaks to that as him as a person because I, I think of the two, two of who could have been uh, – well, one I think probably is the greatest big man that we've seen or one of the greatest big men and then one who could have been even better – um, and we'll start with the latter, which is Dwight Howard. You know, oh, yeah. um, you mm-hmm. know Dwight in his, uh, and I know you and I have both been following the Lakers heavy this year, but Dwight Howard, you know, coming back to L.A. now, you know, he's talked about this where he's he he, he talked about the maturity piece of being challenged during that time by Kobe, yeah. and how you know he looks back at it and he realized that man like. I, I could have done things a lot differently when it came to the excuses or when it came to just the level of intensity I was bringing to the game, right?
1: Yeah, he just got off a couple months ago, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, man. And, and you look at him now when he's playing with LeBron, man. And, and Dwight, Dwight in, this, in this new season is he's thriving. He's thriving. He's, he's holding it together, man. He's done better now with L.A. than he's done with any other team, I believe, since leaving L.A. <laughs> and so he was the first one, man. But that second one, though, that I thought was really interesting. And we could talk about Kobe now coming into the league at, what, 96, 97 yeah. as a 17-year-old kid, man. And I was watching um, uh, the logo, Jerry West, earlier on today. And Jerry West was talking about how, you know, they were in the the position to try and bring Shaq onto the team. He was already kind of proven. And um, but you know, it was a money thing, so they had to trade Vladi Divak. And yeah. then um, man, they had their eye on Kobe. And Kobe came in as a 17-year-old kid who couldn't do anything that any of his other teammates were doing, and he was driven and he came out, man, with that confidence. And many of us, I think, I know for me personally, Caden, when I watched Kobe growing up. I did not care for him early on because I just thought he was cocky. <laughs> I thought he was the most conceited thing. Not realizing that this dude was young. And I think if he knew he needed to play up to the level that he did, he had to um, He had to look at himself almost as I belong at the table. Yeah. What did that speak to you? Just kind of having that mentality and not really? We were younger then. We didn't really think about it. But now you know, later 20s, 30 years old, we're looking at it like, wow, he had to approach this in a different way because he was so much younger.
1: Yeah. Um I even think about, I mean, looking back now and sports and non-sports, I mean, having that approach just anywhere is is a great mindset to have being a young 26-year-old pastor. I mean, I kind of have to walk around with that mentality sometimes of like, no, I belong here. Mm, that's good. And like God has gifted me in this way to to speak to these people and I belong here. But from a basketball standpoint, I think he just, he walked in, he knew how good he was. I was just listening to something earlier about how Kobe came into the league and he had all of these great attributes about himself and he made himself better by wanting to belong at the table. Like he Mm -hmm. surpassed people who were, three, four, five years older than him in a matter of a year. Yeah. And that's made himself known just by that's... his mentality. It was the mama mentality before the mama mentality.
0: <laughs> before we knew what it was, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, man. Uh, Jerry West kind of alluded to that. You know, he talked about that. He was saying how um, uh, they, the Lakers had had other first-round draft picks that were on the team when Kobe came in, and yeah. he was, like, just outshining them, right? Yeah. And so I think that that just really speaks to a maturity that I don't necessarily think that um, many of us, and and not just a maturity, Caden, but I think a responsibility that um, many of us can handle at such a young age. Yeah, You know, a lot of times we talk about young athletes and it's them coming into millions of dollars, but man, this is like... This is storied franchise. You know there are certain franchises in different sports across the map that you you come into um, their place and it's the magnifying glass is greater. The Dallas Cowboys, the New York Yankees, the New York y- Knicks, the the Boston Celtics, the Chicago Bulls, the L.A. Lakers. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there are some franchises that just and, and he. He got put probably in the, one of the, I would say, one of the top two to three most high prolific franchises you could have been in at such a young age.
1: And following magic. man, right?
0: Right? And so one of the things that, you mentioned the following magic piece and then having to really coincide with Shaq. You know, a lot of times we talk about duos of like LeBron and D-Wade, Batman and and Robin, uh, Scotty and Kobe. Uh, I feel like when you look at Shaq, for definitely that three years that Shaq was really just dominating everybody, yeah. And Kobe was coming into his own so so beautifully. You you didn't have a Batman and Robin. I feel like you had more of a Batman and a Batman, yeah. <laughs> which in turn makes it hard, right? Because usually when you have two players of that caliber playing like that, man, teams don't last that long. No. And I feel like we saw that with uh, Shaq and Kobe, you know, Kobe called Shaq out for not taking care of his body and not really yeah. coming in as hard. I mean, dude, like how many people do that to a cat? That's a veteran. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like what the heck, bro? Like nobody thinks about that too much and be like, yo, this is like crazy. Like, you got to be out of your mind uh, to come and challenge the most dominating force in the league.
1: <laughs> biggest guy in the league, I think, at the time too.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. So, Caden, I want to uh, I want to shift gears a little bit, man. I got um, two things that really came to mind, and I felt like you know I wanted you to just kind of shoot from the hip and and answer them at will. The first is, um, I guess, as we as we talk about not only the mentality but Kobe as the person. Um what uh what's your most memorable Kobe Bryant moment?
1: Oh most memorable? Yeah. Oh man, I think it's gotta be what was it, Matt Barnes? Is that his name?
0: Oh yeah, with the flinch?
1: And yeah, ended up playing for the Lakers because of this. <laughs> but the moment he was inbounding the basketball and Kobe's standing there straight faced, pump fakes the ball right into his face, the man doesn't even flinch. <laughs> and I was when i was like okay i have some respect for kobe the man didn't even blink
0: you know it's like he might not be human at this point
1: point. and then going forward from that moment he goes i knew in that moment that i needed to get matt barnes on the team because if anybody has the the will to do that to me should be playing with me <laughs>
0: <laughs> yo that's fair kaden and um it's funny that you mention that man because kobe had actually just recently been on uh matt barn and uh steven jackson you know they both played with kobe um and and he was just recently on their podcast man and so really just to see the breakdown and that brotherhood that was formed from that time is incredible man that's dope man i think for me man the thing that that sticks out is uh and it, it, it's so many to choose from right you could talk about how he dropped you know in kobe fashion we always joke about shooting and and kobe taking every shot possible we, we i sent shocked. you i <laughs> sent you over that meme it was like yeah they're open but that means they can just go get your rebound <laughs> 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 but but i think man um you know you could take that 60 point game that he closed out his career with on 50 shot attempts yeah uh but man, I think the one thing that sticks out to me more than anything um is that that eighty one point game
1: yeah
0: um the eighty one point game and then the game i think he scored either sixty or sixty or sixty two something like that, and he only played three quarters dropping that sixty two mm-hmm. and I, I'm like, yo, he probably could have beat that eighty one point record if he had played in the fourth quarter. Yeah. he was just on a different level a different level that night man, but um man i I think about that, man. That 81-point game that Kobe had, though, um, it's funny because growing up, we would always hear about Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain Mm -hmm. and how he dropped 100 points in a game. And I got a chance to watch Mike drop 63. And, And I think when Mike dropped 63, I was like, nobody's ever doing this again, you know, in this lifetime. And then Kobe comes up on a random night, bro, like not even a huge game. Yeah. And just puts up 81, and I mean, he's the talk of the league after that for the entire week right um, yeah, man I, I just I'm like you know who 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 would think that that you can do that um and so that really sticks out to me, man okay let's uh let's talk about Kobe's impact real quick. Um, one of the things that we see now is that he isn't just. Big time mogul on the basketball side. You obviously he was mentoring younger players. He was coaching his daughter Gianna and her team. Um, he's putting on camps and clinics. But man, Kobe, um, and and I think this is gonna kind of translate over into just life in general beyond the basketball court for us. But Kobe, when he retired, he retired in a space where he was ready. And not everybody who retires from the thing that they love doing the most um handles it well. You know, they 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 need to be around it. They end up taking a different position just to stay around the game. There's some people become coaches, yada yada yada. Kobe went on man to become an author, um, partnering with so many different people as an author. And then I mean the man came out Caden and he won a grant. I mean an Oscar. That's right. He came out and he won an Oscar what, a year after retiring from right. the NBA? <laughs> What does that say to you when we talk about um, just a deeper purpose? You know, LeBron has the whole more than an athlete piece, and I feel like Kobe was showing that in in what he was doing in life. He had a multimedia company. He had business ventures um, that he was just so entangled in. What does that say to you about, um, I think, just on a life level of being able to really – dive into a greater purpose than the the label that people put on you because you've been so good at that one thing.
1: Yeah, I think it just shows how I mean it shows how driven he is. It shows that even though he was retiring from something that he became an icon and a legend in, he wasn't done. He wanted to keep moving forward and he wanted to publish this book and make what was it the documentary mm-hmm. that won the Grammy for.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it was an Oscar. Was it a Grammy? I think it was Oscar. Oscar. I think you won an Oscar, and if I'm not mistaken, it was like the speech, the retirement speech, like the yeah. the, the poem that he wrote to basketball, mm-hmm. you know, as he was retiring, bro, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just it just shows that he wasn't done. He wanted to keep moving forward, and and you see a lot of athletes make all this money throughout their career, and I mean, Kobe has his shoe brand that's continuing, continuing to come out with new designs for his shoes, and, and he could have just lived life, nice and easy but he decided to keep pushing forward because of how driven he is and he didn't want to give up just because he had it all made he just wanted to keep moving forward
0: yeah man you're absolutely right and I think um man just for us as people you know we talk about this man's global impact he was iconic but he was like and I think it's showing now with the outpour from from uh people that he was iconic on a different level and um With that being the case, man, um, I saw something yesterday and I'm pretty sure you, you know, you saw me posted on one of the stories on my IG, but, um, you know, one of the things that, that was posted yesterday was just talking about how, um, what was it? Uh, one, what is it? The whole world just shifted off of the strength of one human. Um, it says your life is an extraordinary opportunity. Never, ever forget that. Yeah. And uh, man, when I saw that, it just it really got me to thinking. Obviously, you and I we do a ton of work um, on the ministry side, and um, you know it's real easy to look at Kobe um, in this regard. But I think that you know there's somebody else that we look at who who Kobe was just a a light and a vessel of an example of. Yeah. And so you know we talk about one man shifting the world, and um, but in that same context, you know we are we're told that, you know, we walk in Christ's image, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and the things that he was able to do, we'd be able to do, um, at a greater rate and, 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 in 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 an attempt to be fisher of men and women, um, all across this world to, to build the kingdom, to bring yeah. hope, to bring the message yeah. of love and, and faith, man. And so, uh, with that being said, Caden, uh, one of the things that, that, that comes to mind i got two questions here i'm this one first but some people might have questions on processing and trying to move forward with this um they might have questions on faith or whatever the case might be might be excuse me what advice and faith would you would you give to somebody who is trying to piece this together knowing that kobe Bryant was actually a man of faith man his wife was definitely a woman of faith you know, uh, being able to hear some interviews and some conversations with um, the the folks who pastored them, and 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 whatnot, and just their belief in God. I know Kobe coming off of, uh, you know, he had an interview with Stephen A. Smith, and we saw Pastor Mike Todd uh, post a piece of it today. Yeah. But you know, just talking about God is good. Um, and 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 for somebody like Kobe, who we see as a big time millionaire and and big time celebrity, to still have the belief in 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 a higher being in this God that is. You know, the Redeemer, man. Like, what advice in the faith would you give to anybody who might look at Kobe's life and maybe are fearful and maybe have lost hope or whatever the case might be?
1: Yeah, I just, I mean, that's always such a tricky question because there are people who are going to be sitting here who are like, why would this bad thing happen to a man who is living for Christ? And, you know, it's never an easy answer, but Kobe being this child of God and this man of God, like we're still living in a broken world, you know, and yeah. and thing bad things happen every day. And if if people are looking at this and they're kind of like, well, where is God? I just encourage them, you know, God is with us in every moment, and I guarantee, God was with Kobe and his daughter in that last moment, yeah, comforting them and loving them, and 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 honestly, right after it happened, welcoming him into heaven, yeah. Welcoming him back home, and you know, it's all, it's always the tricky question of why do bad things happen to good people? But if we could understand how God works, we wouldn't need Him, you know.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. I think in our carnal way of thinking, if everything made sense to us, we'd probably be too big for our own britches. Right.
1: right. We wouldn't need God because we would be our own gods, and yeah, and we're never going to be able to understand why this happened or or the plan behind it, but.
0: Caden, you just said something that really uh just sparked a thought and an idea in me as well, man. And that is that in those final moments, um, you talked about, you know, them being able to walk into the embrace of the father, you know, in that passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and I think I, I would if I had to guess, in in their final moments, Kobe was still able to be um a representation of what Christ is to us. Which is a, a protecting father, being that he had his daughter with him on that flight. I could yeah. probably just see it now, him comforting, loving, and just holding on tightly to his daughter, and and being able to just give that last little bit of love before it was all over. Absolutely. And I think that you know that is a telltale sign of what you know we we are to be. You know, which is love, which is that open embrace, which is that example of what Christ is. Caden, let's let's talk real talk. Um, Many times in today's society, um, when we talk about just being able to really show people uh, of this message of salvation and redemption, um, one of the things that we tend to not always have is the right messengers behind it, right? Um, You get people who, who try and fear monger people into faith right? Mm-hmm. Or you get people who, who try and, and condemn, right? Uh, man, what would you say to, to anybody who finds themselves in that position where um, maybe the message of, of Christ didn't come through love? Like, just, just, just off of your heart as a pastor who has to be able to deal with the uglies of uglies, um, man, what do you say to those individuals who've had that church hurt and that bad experience?
1: I would tell them that whoever the person is that hurt them is just as broken as every single other person in this world is. I mean, wow. Christ came to save the sinners and just because you're a pastor or a man of leadership or a person who's in a high position at a church doesn't mean you're sinless. We're all still normal people who are trying to to make our way through this life and and we're going to sin and we're going to be broken and we're going to say things that we probably shouldn't say. And, and, whether it be from somebody in leadership at a church or just somebody who thinks they know a lot and say these things to you, I would just encourage you that those aren't words from the father. They're, they're not words from Jesus and, and they're not true. And that shouldn't define your faith. And that shouldn't define how you move forward in your faith because it's not the pastor that we're following. It's Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's real. That's where I think sometimes we get dependent on the man and, and, and forget that he is just the messenger. Right. Yeah, that's real, Kate, and I'm gonna ask you another tough question, bro. I know I'm throwing these at you, but <laughs> I feel like if anybody can answer them, you can, man. Um, why not? You know, you belong at the table, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> with that being said, man, in in a in a time like this, and maybe you can even dive into your story um, mm-hmm. and what brought you to this space, because I know you've got an amazing testimony. In, in turbulent times, in, in times of turmoil, in times of trauma, in times of confusion and questioning, why Jesus in a time like this?
1: Yeah, you know, I had a student ask me this not too long ago, and, and it's funny, when, when salvation and, and living in this, this kingdom of righteousness with Jesus and, and following Jesus, people tend to forget that when, we, when we're called to follow Jesus, it's not supposed to be easy. it's not supposed to be fun it is fun and it can be easy at times but jesus says it time and time again the world will hate you because they hated me first and Mm -hmm. you're going to be persecuted because you follow me and i think that's part of the gospel that we can tend to forget that we don't just get saved and life is all fun and games like we're going to walk through trials but we're going to triumph from that every every time because we're fighting a battle from victory because Jesus has already won. Right. And I think even going back to my testimony, I think when my dad passed away from cancer and I fell into this life of sin and, you know, drug addiction and partying and all of this crazy stuff, I wish I would have known the message of God before. But at the same time, I know that the Lord was planting seeds in me for the time when he would call me into ministry. Mm. And I think as, as Christ followers and and disciples of Jesus, I think we need to walk in a mindset that it's not always going to be easy and hard things are going to happen and we're able to get through them because the battle's already been won. Yeah. So the reality of it is, is sin has taken over this world. And until Jesus comes back, we live in a, in a broken world and bad things are going to happen.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely, Kaden. Yeah, you know, I know you. You talked about, you know, wishing that you know at times you could have had that, you know, embrace when it came to the father early. Um, but you, I think, and and maybe this is something that we can all learn from. With this, is that uh, you, you you talked about you know the seeds being sown for you to be redeemed, yeah. and I think that that's that's something that we can all learn from. You know, we we ask the questions of. Why do we have to go through certain things? if God loved me so much, why do I have to go through this, and why do I have to experience that? And the reality is is that um I think that with that experience we're able to just see the true love of it all once we do come into that um, that covenant um, yeah. with Christ man, and so the reality is is for those of you all who are listening um and sometimes we got to go through the ugliest of the ugliest in order for us to I really believe walk and fulfill our purpose, mm-hmm. walk and and truly be everything that we have been called and created to be. Otherwise, um, I mean, ask yourself this question, would you, really, would you really just want to take advice from a perfect person who's never had to experience like or see anything like probably not, right? And yeah. so with that being the case, um, man, we, we need this. And Caden, uh, man, you, you have such a unique, Um, story because you talk about addictions and I feel like with the world that we live in now, man, we see so many of them, man. And I mean, you've been no stranger to telling and sharing your testimony on, you know, the drug addictions that you dealt with and man, just how it started to get you caught up into a different life. And um, man, just in that, uh, if you could, you know, I do a lot of work focused around mental health, Um, definitely conversations on this podcast And I just want to touch on this from a mental and emotional standpoint, real quick. Um, Would you mind sharing, if you can, um, in the process of overcoming those addictions and staying free, what has been the constant for you?
1: The constant and staying clean and like walking forward and staying
0: clean, walking forward, staying in a good mental space, all of that.
1: It's never leaning on my own strength, it's always going to the father going to Jesus every single morning and every single day and remem- remembering that it's his joy that brings me strength. It's his love that keeps me going forward. I couldn't do this on my own. Obviously I found that out when I was younger and I was mm-hmm. battling with all of the addictions and it's realizing that I need that person who's Jesus to guide me through every day. I couldn't do it without him and I never will be able to.
0: That's great, man. That's great. Thank you for sharing that, Caden. Um, mm-hmm. man, and I think as we as we take all of that in, and obviously, you know, we're talking about this mama mentality here on today's episode with the passing of Kobe Bryant and yeah. his daughter and seven other people on this helicopter. Um you you look at somebody like Kobe and and you realize that uh as young as 41 he is. I think one of the greatest takeaways that we can can really have with Kobe's life is the fact that in 41 years, we can honestly say that that drive that sometimes caused him to be disliked <laughs> um, and that that tenacity that ferociousness and just that tunnel vision to really see whatever it was through um, it was a it was a small representation of, of, of what it meant to just really put in that type of effort and work to really fall and, and, and walk into your God-given purpose. And, and, and Kobe did it in a way where, I mean, it could be very hard, right? You know, he, he had his struggles early on in the career, Mm -hmm. you know, he had the, the case in Colorado. he, and he overcame and, and he you could tell that, you know, we, we hear that quote a lot of times where it says, you know, um, uh, a wise man learns from the mistakes of others and a fool um, learns from the mistakes of his own. And mm-hmm. so with that being the case, man, you know, you could tell that in being able to make his mistakes, but then also kind of just getting under the arms of those who made mistakes that were similar, Kobe carried a lot of wisdom. He yeah. carried a lot of wisdom to make sure that after he fell, he got back up and he was able to be redeemed and just really to not fall into the same traps again. Right. Yeah. And um, I think that that's something that we can all take for our own personal lives, man, just
1: sure. in
0: what we do to learn. And, then I think, like I said, just in, in what he did during his time, he lived it to the fullest potential. I talk a lot about following our dreams and our passions on this podcast, yeah. And and um, I think that that's so important for us, man. Uh, we all have a vision of something we all want to do, and or be, or see something to fruition. And I truly believe that we can, and I think that Kobe Bryant's life definitely speaks to that. So, Caden, man, um, I think before we uh, before we close this thing out, uh, man, let's do this. Where can because uh, I think it's important, you know, for good people to be connected to good people. Where can people follow you on the socials, whether it be i g Twitter or um Facebook, whatever works for you man i, I you know I, I know that with you being a pastor and i'm only I'm only excited to see what happens from here you know when you blow up big time mega church and all that um so where can people man follow you um and 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 stay connected with you man? encouragement, I know you bring a ton of it and just as you continue to venture out man and just you be the hands and feet, yeah, man. Just let us know.
1: Yeah, uh, Instagram is just first and last name, all one word, and then Facebook is the same thing.
0: So what's that? At Caden Slicer. It's Caden
1: Slicer. Uh, K A D E N, and then S L E I S T E R.
0: Boom! There you go, man. Caden, I appreciate you so much for um just being on this podcast episode with me today. From one big basketball fan to another Um, and and as as somebody who definitely has a heart for people and wants to see everybody do well. And I think beyond that, as an overcomer who has been redeemed and who, uh, man, just loves people and meets them right where they are, I just want to say thank you for pouring out over these last 40 minutes or so and just giving your heart with this conversation, man. Um, And for those of you all listening today, Um, Before we get off this podcast episode, I just want to encourage you all to, as we take a a step back to remember Kobe Bryant, to think about all the things that he's done, um, not only for the game of basketball, but the impact that he's leaving in the lives of people in general. Um, I know some folks have said it's felt like they've lost a family member or an uncle has passed away today, a cousin, whatever it might be. Um, that impact that, that he left, um, while we might not necessarily carry the same celebrity, um, and platform size that he does, the, the reality is, is that each and every one of us carry that same power to leave that impact. We carry that same opportunity to impact those around us, to be love, to be encouragement, to be hope, to be a shining light in a world that I think so many times sees darkness and tragedy. And so I just want to encourage each of you all listening to this podcast episode today um, to remember that. And and as you reflect on Kobe, also reflect on what you can take from his life, implement into your own, learn, become wise in that and utilize it to just continue to advance um, not only for yourself, but for the betterment of the people around you. Caden, brother, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast and being here with me today, man. I really love you and I appreciate you, bro.
1: Love you too, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. And for those of you all listening, as always, you're not losing a life. You're not failing. You are simply between the dream. Let's go out and have a great week. Talk to you all soon. Peace.